Fresh Start was what we started our year off with, and it was a really powerful series. Does anybody remember the three words? No, that's great. <laughs> Think harder. Repentance, forgiveness, and love. All right, so those are the th three things we talked about. We it actually took us more than three weeks, remember? And, uh, but um, allegedly, we canceled church on February 24th for the first time ever. And this was the message I was supposed to preach that day. Uh, pastors need vacation too. Everybody say pastors need vacation. They do. They do. Just saying. And my family is appreciative that we got to do some cool stuff this week on spring break. Um, it's different when you have a high school student. You can't just go whenever you want. We're a homeschool family. And um, he's, in, he's in Century now. Noah is. And uh, it's just different, right? You can't just leave whenever you want. So we're like, that's yeah, spring break, time to go. And um, so we uh, had a good time this week. But um, I'm going to preach a message that I prepared for February 24th. Okay? Rusty? No, I got it. It's good. We're good. Um, but I remember back then we were going to wrap up a series called Fresh Start. And I think it's fitting that we're bringing it back because I think every day we need a fresh start. Right, you can't just be like, well, yeah, that was that season. That was that like series that back then, yeah, when we were talking about repentance and forgiveness and love. No, it's like every day we need a fresh start. So I think it's fitting that we come back and we have a little reminder on this. I'm going to ask you to turn to 2 Timothy chapter 3. 2 Timothy chapter 3. We're actually going to end up in Colossians 3, which is probably my favorite um, chapter in all of scripture, rivaled with uh, Ephesians 2, but um, we're going to end up in Colossians 3. But before we get there, I just feel like we got to address this issue. And uh, back on February 24th, it was really hard. Uh, I had been in Chicago, Harvard Chicago on the 17th, and I was going to preach on the 24th this message, and I was just going to ask you to pray for Harvard Chicago. I would say it's March 31st. Please still pray for Harvard Chicago. Many of you guys are like, what in the world is going on? Like Harvard Chicago, which is the church that we were planted out of in Naperville as well. Um, they've had a rough go of it. Their senior pastor and much of their um, upper level leadership, I don't know if that's the right way to say it. Maybe it's lower level leadership, depending on how you look at org charts. It doesn't matter. But a lot of the people that were leaders in that church um, have left um, since the 24th when I would have preached this message. Rick Donald resigned and Jeff Donaldson resigned, both of which we love and are praying for. Um, and it's just hard. Say it's hard. Do you believe that? I believe that. I mean, you didn't even have to ask me twice to say that. Like, it's hard. Right, And then right around this time, Maple Grove, a church, a sister church of ours, Vertical Church Maple Grove, which helped plant us, sent money to us, they closed their doors around the same time. And um, it's hard. I mean, it's hard for me as a pastor who's friends with these guys. It's hard for us as a church. If you go out there to work and you're a Christian, it's hard. Matter of fact, in this passage right here, it says that indeed all who desire to live a godly life in Jesus Christ will be persecuted, right? So maybe that's why it's hard. And then there's my own sin, right? Which makes it hard, First Peter 4 says. So, you know, I just want to read this passage so you understand, so you get just a grip of where we're at. I was talking to a guy on the way in today. He's like, the end is coming. I'm like, I agree with you. Like, we're in the end times. And 
you know, I don't know if it's 10 years, 15 years, but it's close because it's getting increasingly hard and the world is getting increasingly worse. I mean, I want to say bad, but we're already bad. So I think it's getting worse. And you just see it here from 2 Timothy chapter 3. So there's a couple things I want to do. I want to wrap up Fresh Start. And I want to give you an opportunity to be baptized today. All right? Baptism is both spiritual and physical. So don't just check out. When I say the word baptism, give you an opportunity to be baptized, I bet you half of you were like, Matt, done that. Really? Again today? Immersed with the Holy Spirit? Filled head to toe? Brim? Covered? Like it's both spiritual and physical. All right? So all of us need to be spiritually washed, baptized, ready to go again, filled with the Holy Spirit. And some of us may want or need to be baptized for the first time publicly, telling everybody, man, I've been washed. I am new. Um, so I'm going to give you that opportunity at the end. So two things. What did I say? Fresh start, wrap up, and opportunity to be baptized today. Great. Perfect. Those are the two things. Here's the foundation which I want to lay down on this. Chapter 3, verse 1. If you're there, say you're there. Awesome. I'm there too. But understand this. You really need to understand this, that in the last days there will come times of difficulty. It's hard. It's hard. Doesn't mean we should whine about it. We just need to understand it's hard. And it's okay that it's hard. It's supposed to be hard. It's been hard since sin entered the world. Sin is hard. For people, I have written in my Bible, equals sin, right? Because isn't people, like Adam and Eve, are the ones that brought sin into the world, and that's kind of the problem, is people? No, the problem is sin, not people, but people are the carriers of sin. So for people, sinners, will be lovers of self, lovers of money, proud, arrogant, abusive, disobedient to their parents. Can I get an amen, parents? Come on now. I just realized as I'm saying that, that I'm a, a son of someone as well, and I wonder how I'm doing in that category. Ungrateful, unholy, heartless, unappeasable, slanderous, without self-control, brutal, not loving good, treacherous, reckless, swollen with conceit, lovers of pleasure, rather lovers than God. I think we all struggle with that. I want what pleases me right now. Overdesire for my own pleasure versus a lover of God. Having the appearance of godliness but denying its power. I think that's a key phrase. You could underline that. Having the appearance of godliness but denying its power. Avoid such people. Now, because it says avoid such people, I know it's not talking about church people. I know it's not talking about actual believers in Jesus Christ. Because we're not supposed to avoid each other, right? But I do want to say one thing in regards to this. Um, Having the appearance of godliness, just because you come to church doesn't mean you're a Christian. Doesn't mean you're part of the bride of Christ, just because you showed up today. Okay, let's just get this right, okay? And, but denying its power. So that's really the question. Are you denying the power of the Holy Spirit? Are you denying the power of the blood of God, uh, Jesus? Are you denying the power of God the Father himself, who, you know, the Godhead who made all of this, and wants to have a personal and powerful relationship with you. Are you denying that power in some way, shape, or form? Well, we're supposed to avoid such people. And I would say to us as Christians, if you're a believer in Jesus Christ, we should avoid being that way, denying power of God. 
All right? So um, just want to set the stage. It's hard. This is why it's hard. Um, I feel like Jesus is coming. Because when you read this stuff, um, understand in the last days, times of difficulty. In the last days. What does that mean? It means Jesus is coming. I see, think you're going to see that in our passage. One more verse from this passage. Just look at it real quick. Verse 7. Always learning and never able to arrive at the knowledge of the truth. And I think that describes all of us a little bit. Always learning. Because I want to be a learner. Don't you want to be a learner? I want to be a learner. Always learning, but never able to arrive at the knowledge of the truth. Do you have any truth? Do you have any foundational truths in your life? Things that you're not going to slide off of. Things that you're like, this is true. The Bible says it. I'm not going to change on that. I think we need to arrive at the knowledge of truth on some things. And I think baptism is one of those things. So I'm over in Colossians chapter 3 now. See how quickly I turned? I guess I knew where I was going. So I'd like to catch you up. Colossians chapter 3. This is a very, very special passage to me. This passage changed my life. Now I was saved. But I was denying much of God's power in my life. I'll tell you a little bit of my story in a second. I want to get a, 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 a take on the audience here quick. Okay? So I just want to know who I'm talking to so I, so I know how to speak lovingly. So how many of you guys grew up in church? Raise your hand high. Don't care what kind of church, but you grew up in church, you heard something. Okay, great. Perfect. So you're pretty, you've, you've heard the word, you've heard the name Jesus, you, you know who God is. That's great. Okay? Church is great. Okay. How many of you guys are like, man, I didn't grow up in church. I'm pretty new to this thing. That's okay too. Awesome. Yeah. All right. Let's go. All right. So I, you know. Sometimes I wish I didn't grow up in church <laughs> because church can screw you up, right? It can kind of mess with you a little bit. You can get taught some things that aren't necessarily from the Bible. I started reading the Bible. I was like, oh, wait, wait, where's it says you can't drink? I mean, they told me you couldn't drink. It doesn't say that. It says, don't get drunk. All right, let's just be clear. I don't drink personally because I don't think it's good. I don't want to be that guy, right? But it doesn't say you can't. It just says don't get drunk. Don't be filled. Don't be controlled by anything other than the Holy Spirit. That's what it says. All right. Don't go to movies. I'm still reading to try to find movie in the Bible. I mean, okay, I digress. But like you get the point. So I think church can kind of mess with you because it teaches you extra biblical things and I can't hardly get this done, so I don't want more, all right? All right, so how many of you guys have a conviction, a solid knowledge of the truth on baptism? You're like, I know what I believe. I could take you to chapter and verse. This is what I believe on baptism. Okay, how many of you guys are like, well, I've heard about baptism. I, I'm seeking what truth is in baptism. I'm not denying the, you know, anything about baptism. I think baptism is a thing, but I am still seeking. I need to have a conviction on baptism. How many would say that? All right, great, perfect, awesome. Okay, so what was interesting about that, and that was really helpful to me uh, as, as much, like half of you, about 40% of you raise your hand saying, I got a conviction on baptism. And then like 2% of you raised your hand saying, I don't. So there's like a, 
58% that didn't vote. Just consider that. I'm just telling you what I saw, okay? So 58% of us are like, I don't have a conviction, but I'm not willing to admit I don't. Okay, that's fair. That's fair, okay? It's fair. So I'm hoping that when you leave this message, you could have a solid footing on baptism, okay? All right. So fresh start. I'm bouncing back and forth, aren't I? I got two things here. Baptism, tying that in, and then fresh start. Fresh start. Everybody needs a fresh start, and I want us to get after it today because Jesus is coming. So how can I be ready? If Jesus is coming, if that's true, don't know when, but if that's true in the next 10 years, 15 years, whatever, could come any time, depending on your theology of end times. If Jesus is coming, how can I be ready? I want to answer that question today, and um, I want to read for you the first four verses just to set up the context. So, Colossians chapter 3, verse 1. If then, I think everybody should have that highlighted in their Bible. The Bible doesn't assume you're saved. He's talking to believers in Christ, to the church. He's writing a letter to Colossae. He's saying, if then, okay, so are you? Just, just, just take a look, right? Are you? If then. So this is how it should be if you are saved. If then you are saved, if then you have been raised with Christ, seek the things that are above. Okay, I'm trying to do that. Where Christ is seated at the right hand of God. Yeah, I heard that too. That's where Jesus is, on the right hand of God. Set your minds, I have that underlined in my Bible, because you gotta set your mind, your thinking on things above. So it's like one thing to say like, hey, yeah, just seek the things above. Well, how do I do that? He tells you how to do that. Set your mind on things that are above, not on things that are on the earth. Well, that's hard because I live on the earth. How do I set my mind on things above? I would, I would say to you, good preaching is great, but then also this, this book, right? Push me to the things that aren't on this earth. This book helps with that. All right, next. For you have died. Anybody got a problem with that? I'm still breathing. And he's talking to people that are living. So if you died, are you writing this book to a bunch of dead people? Is he talking about physical or spiritual? He's definitely talking about spiritual or nobody's reading this, right? Okay, so just, just be clear. For you have died spiritually, right? Died to yourself, to your flesh, to your sin. And your life is hidden with Christ in God. Your life is hidden. When Christ, who is your life, appears, he's coming, then you also will appear with him in glory. Can't wait for that day. He's coming, can't wait for that day. Want to be with him in glory. All right, now, there is a word there, hidden. I want to just touch on it quickly because I think when I preach a message like this, about 58% of the people are like, am I saved, am I not? I don't know, I don't know. You know, like, you got me waffling now. All right, so I want to just be clear, like if you are raised, if you are dead, if you are, all these words, pictures of baptism, right? If you are um, hidden in Christ, okay? So a verse that the guy, I got saved when I was 16, almost 17, January 15th, 1992. Um, 
A verse that the guy, because I was really struggling with, am I saved, am I not? A verse that the guy shared with me, which has been a solid foundation for me ever since, is this verse here. John chapter 10, verses 27 and following. Okay, my sheep, we're all sheep. Everybody get that? Am I like to do the sheep sound? Bah. That's who I am, right? You're like, well, that seems like I'm an imbecile. Well, you might sound like an imbecile when you do bah, you know, but... but Literally what you are is weak, right? You're, you're a sheep. You're not the shepherd, you're a sheep. So you're weak. But, but in our weakness, we're made strong because of our shepherd, Jesus Christ. Okay, so my sheep hear my voice and I know them and they follow me. Y'all got a word for the year? Yeah, good. Okay, fresh start. Words to live by. Need to have a word for the year? You get something I'm gonna grow in this year? Mine is follow. Mine is follow. So this verse is great. They follow me. I give them eternal life and they will never perish. John 3.16 says that same thing. And no one will snatch them out of my father's hand. Hold out your hand. Act like you're putting something in your hand. Close your hand. Okay? That's the father's hand. <laughs> no one will snatch them out of my hand. My father who has given them to me is greater than all and no one is able to snatch them out of the Father's hand. I and the Father are one. I misspoke. The first hand is Jesus' hand. Put something in your hand. Jesus, close it. Father's hand, boom, close it. Doubly sealed. Like if you had a penny in there, you ain't getting that out. Especially if you're talking Jesus in, in the Father's hand. All right, go ahead. Try to get that Kung Fu grip off. I mean, you are sealed you are hidden is the word. So this is not a message to mess with your mind on whether you're saved or not. If you've repented of your sin, if you believe that Jesus Christ is God, you are saved, doubly sealed, now live like it, right? Not a question of getting re-saved. It's a question of living saved. It's a question of being constantly immersed, baptized, filled with the Holy Spirit. That's what we're trying to do. Spiritual baptism all the time. Filling, 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 filling. Fill me up again, Lord. Fill me up again, Lord. I want to be full of you. Empty me of myself again today, God. Fresh start every day at that. Now, he gets to maybe one of the most special verses in, in my life. Uh, changed my life. I'll, I'll just give you my personal story really quick. Um, I set up a prayer at age five. I want to go to heaven, not hell. I'll call that easy believism. I don't think it was true salvation for me, but maybe it was. Um, I was baptized to join the church, right? We're not baptized to join the church. I brought this book up with me. Uh, you ever read a book? Books are good and bad, right? I mean, this is not the word of God, but there's a lot of good stuff in here I've, I've read. I, I could share with you many good things from this book, but this is one thing that really boggled me when I was reading it yesterday. Um, this is a priest talking about a, um, a fellow in his church. One day he told me that he had not been baptized and expressed a strong desire to belong to the church. I would say baptism is not a desire to belong to the church. Think about it. Baptism is a desire to belong to Jesus, right? 
The church is the bride of Christ. So I get where you could say what he's saying. The church is the bride of Christ, but let's not forget who we belong to. We belong to Jesus. We're his bride, right? Okay, so it goes on. So I suggested that he join a parish program for those who desire to be baptized. What? Get in the water. There's no program for doing what we're talking about today. You accept Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, that's spiritual baptism. And you get in the water, that's physical baptism. And they should happen like together. Now I say that knowing that that might detract some of you from being baptized today because you're like, it should have happened together, but it didn't, so eh. Our world is messed up. It separates the two more than the Bible does if you read the Bible. They're more together than we give it credit, right? So if you need to be baptized or if you want to be baptized, be baptized today. I was saved by grace uh, January 15th, 1992. I was 16 years old. 10 plus years of trying to be good enough after that because it was like Jesus plus, you know? It was like, oh, the gospel. Jesus forgives you from all your sins. You're free. Yay! And it's like, and do this, 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 and do this. And it's like, oh, I'm never good enough. You ever feel like that? That's not this church. If you're bringing that in here, please leave it at the door. None of us are good enough. We all know that. And we're not trying to be good enough. We're trying to be saved by grace. All right? Matter of fact, we're not even trying. We are saved by grace. That's the whole passage. Don't try harder, trust God. And then I was reading the Bible between the ages of 27 and 30. Imagine that. What'd you go to Bible college for? I don't know. It was a textbook. Now it's like the living word of God. It's like a love letter God wrote to me. That's awesome. I was reading the word of God and realizing God's plan and I was baptized as a believer when I was 30 years old, I was the youth pastor at the church. I was Brent's youth pastor. That was pretty fun. It was January 15th, imagine that, 2006. Pride, self-righteousness, and embarrassment kept me from being baptized. I thought I should know better. I thought I should do it different. I thought I was somebody special. I'm not. All I want to do is follow Jesus. And when I got to that point of all I want to do is follow Jesus, then I just pushed it all in and said, I don't care what you think of me. I don't care how it appears. I just want to do what's right. And I got baptized that day. And it was an amazing, amazing time with the Lord. The next verse, like I said, is the verse that really, 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 really got me there. Okay, so here it is. Um, verse five and six. Do you see it? Put to death, therefore, what is earthly in you, sexual immorality, impurity, passion, evil desires, covetousness, which is idolatry. Now, if you know my past, I was addicted to pornography, um, even in ministry, and I had to get out of ministry for a year. I had to, I wanted to. And um, 
and get right with the Lord, my character, right? Which is good. And I didn't know if I was ever gonna be in ministry again. And so every day that I am in ministry is just like amazing to me. It's just, it's just such a gift from the Lord. But if you read that verse and sin was in your life, how would you feel? Let's just break it down to idolatry because there's a lot of sexual sin in there, but idolatry. Idolatry is putting anything in front of God or above God. Idolatry is putting the creation over the creator. That's what it is. Are you putting food over God? Are you putting money over God? Are you putting your job over God? Are you putting success over God? What pleasure in your life are you putting over God? That's idolatry. Do I have your attention yet? I hope so. I was pretty thick. It took me a long time to get, for God to get my attention. On account of these, the wrath of God is coming. Jesus is coming. Are you ready? On account of these, the wrath of God is coming. So I was like, ah! I think I'm saved. I'm not going to doubt my salvation, but I'm living in sin. I want to be right. And so I confess my sin. That's what believers do when they want to get right. I ask God to fill me with his Holy Spirit. I ask God, you know, and I got baptized, right? Now, whether you get baptized with water or not today, that's your choice. It's a symbol of what happens inside. But I pray that it'll be clear to you what it means to be fully immersed with the Holy Spirit, empty of your sin and full of God and his attributes, his character, by the end of five minutes. All right, here it is. Be ready. So I'm just going to give you four things here so you can be ready. How can I be ready? One, repent of sin. Put to death the things earthly within you. Put to death sin. He gave you these five things, sexual morality, impurity, passion, evil desires, covetousness. All of this is idolatry. I'll put them on the screen. You can write them down faster. Just don't write them down at all. They're in your Bible. You can just write one, two, three, four, five by it. Okay, perfect. It's really easy. Repent of sin. And then he goes on and he says, and these two you once walked when you were living in them, but now you must put them all away. Five more things. You can just write the numbers by it. Anger, wrath, malice, really hatred, slander, and obscene talk from your mouth. Do not lie to one another, seeing that you have put off seeing that you have put off the old self with its practices. Do not lie. Tell the truth. And and put off the old practices. So there's five more things, anger, wrath, malice, slander, obscene talk. What's the point? Let's just make the point the point. We need to repent of our sin, right? So you came in with sin. I came in with sin. Whether you'll admit it or not, that's up to you. But repenting of our sin, right? And just saying, man, like, this is hard. I don't want to act like this. I don't want to think this. I don't want to be here. Do that. 
I don't want to do that. That's not me. That's not my identity in Jesus Christ. That when I, my eyes are set on things above, when my eyes are thinking about Jesus Christ at the right hand of God the Father, seeing everything, I'm not doing those things. But when somehow I get in the ditch and I don't think about who's really in control and I think to myself, I'm in control, then I do whatever I want to do. And then I'm reminded that I'm not in control and I repent. Do you understand this? Um, I'm going to ask them to shut off the lights. Everybody, you got a phone? You got a flashlight on it? This is, this is really, get illuminated, right? So this is really the thing. Sin is darkness. Do you see the darkness now? So as, as you've sinned this week, darkness has crept into your life. And it's gotten darker and darker and darker, right? Hey, you can use that. Turn it on, man. Come on. But when you confess your sin, you bring light, right? So everybody hold up their flashlight. You bring light, right? You start to push back the darkness. Can you imagine, like, if the church was a holy bride and everybody confessed every sin and they were like, you know, whether to God or to one another in small group, whatever, right? I don't have to get into semantics on who you confess to. If you confess your sin, he is faithful and just to forgive you your sin and to cleanse you from all unrighteousness. Okay, so bam, turn on the lights. We're pushing back the darkness when we confess our sin, right? We're pushing back the darkness. When we sit in our sin, when we don't confess our sin, whether to God or other people, we are sitting in darkness, all right, that's a good illustration. Hopefully you can understand why it's so important to confess our sin. Repent of sin, that's the first thing. To prepare for Jesus Christ to come back, you repent of sin. Second thing, receive forgiveness. How many of you are good at receiving gifts? You're like really good at it. I'm like, I'm good at receiving gifts. I am not, not very many people raise their hands. So you obviously don't like people to do things for you. That's great. I don't either. So it's like, I'm not very good at receiving gifts. When I have back surgery, tons of people brought over meals. It's kind of like, it's hard to like, uh, you know. But But shouldn't we receive? Isn't that what our whole gospel is built on? We receive Jesus Christ. We receive grace for our sins. We receive the payment. We receive forgiveness. And that's the thing. Receive forgiveness. Put on Jesus, receive forgiveness. Now, just look at this. 2 Corinthians 5, 17. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old has passed. Behold, the new has come. Why? Because somebody received a new spirit from the Lord. Because somebody said, thank you for salvation. Have you done that? I mean, really, have you done that? Have you repented of your sin? I need, I need a savior because I'm a sinner. And have you received forgiveness for your sin? So that's the question. Okay, so... Then you're renewed like Christ, right? You're new, you're made new. So here's the point. Look at verse 10 and uh, 12, or 10 and 11. And have put on the new self, which is being renewed in the knowledge of the, after the image of its creator, just like Jesus. Here, there is no Greek or Jew or circumcised or uncircumcised, barbarian, Scythian, slave-free, but Christ is all in all. Let me explain that verse for you. No place for man-made barriers in the church. That's the phrase. 
There's no place in the bride of Christ for man-made barriers, okay? Whether racial barriers or religious barriers or cultural barriers or social barriers, there's no place for barriers in the church. Let me ask you a question. Is that what you think baptism is? Do you think baptism is a barrier that the church puts up, a hurdle for you to jump over so that you can be a good person? If you think that, truly, that is not what it is, okay? And he's making that clear in this verse. He's like, it's not about these barriers that the church would put up. You have to do this, you have to do this, you have to do this. No, we're only focused on what God's word says. God's word says that if you're saved, you'll want to be baptized. That if you're filled with the Holy Spirit, you'll want to show everyone else, I have been dead spiritually. I've been dead and I'm now coming to life in Christ. That is a picture. If you want to be baptized today, I'll just say it clear. We have shorts, t-shirts, everything you need. You can get up anytime during the rest of the service. You can walk to the back. People will pray with you. People will hear your story of how you met Jesus Christ. We'll put you in the tank. You can be baptized today. We'd love for that to be your story. We, would, we just want to give you that opportunity today to be baptized with water if you've been spirit baptized, if you've been washed by the blood, Okay. It's a visible demonstration of salvation. I'll say it this way. I wrote it down. Baptism is a personal, maybe even private decision to follow Jesus made public and visible through a public declaration. That's what baptism is. There's a personal decision you made and you're going to declare it publicly. That's what baptism is. Last two things here. Forgive as forgiven. Forgive as forgiven. That's the next couple of verses. But put on then as God's chosen ones, holy and beloved, compassionate hearts, kindness, humility, meekness, and patience. This guy is really into fives. Can you, can you see it? There's five more things. Just write one, two, three, four, five in your Bible. You're good. You got all the notes you need, right? Five more things. These are the things you put on, bearing with one another. And if anyone has a complaint against another, I won't ask you to raise your hand on that. That would be 100%. Forgiving each other as the Lord has forgiven you, so you must forgive. What is the point? In order to be ready for Jesus to come back, you must forgive as you've been forgiven. If you don't believe me, write these two passages down. Matthew 18. Go read it this week. Matthew 18. Matthew chapter 6. The Lord's Prayer. Just write that down. Go read it. It was actually Jesus teaching us how to pray. So you have these five things you can put on. It says, you know, if you have a complaint against one another, well, that's pretty much yes, okay? Forgive each other as the Lord has forgiven you. How has God forgiven you? Just asking. Well, if you haven't received the forgiveness, then he hasn't actually applied the blood to you, right? So then it'd be really hard for you to forgive other people, wouldn't it? This would be another evidence of your salvation that you were able to forgive others as Jesus Christ forgave you. We forgive without limit, church. It's hard. 
I even said that. It was hard for me to forgive. First time in my life I felt it was hard for me to forgive. But we forgive without limit. That's what we do. And I think it's really, really important that we catch that. Forgive is forgiven. This is what followers of Jesus Christ do. And then last, love like Jesus. Okay, so do you see this? Repent, receive, forgive, love. We're back to our fresh start and it's an everyday thing. Love like Jesus. Just the last several verses here, verses 14 through 17. And above all these, put on love, which binds everything together in perfect harmony. And let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts, to which indeed you were called in one body, and be thankful. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly, teaching and admonishing one another in all wisdom, singing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, I think we did that today, with thanksgiving in your hearts to God. And whatever you do in word or deed, do everything in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. So just a couple things here. Four verses, four different things, four products of love, of the love of Christ. Love like Jesus. You're like, how do I know if I'm loving like Jesus? Here they are, products of the love of Christ. First thing is unity. Do you have unity with the people around you? That's tough. It takes forgiveness, doesn't it? Unity. We are the body. We're supposed to be full of peace in Christ. Verse 15 now. Wisdom. Four products of the love of Christ. Unity is one. Wisdom is the second. We are exhorting each other with the truth. Right? It's wisdom. Wisdom comes from God. God is wisdom. We read Proverbs and we're like, oh, okay. So wisdom was with God at the beginning. It's his character. We learn from him. Four products of love from Christ. Unity, wisdom, and action. Action. You're like, you got to have action. It, love in action. We love in word and deed. If you say you love, but you don't really do anything, do you really love? That's the question. Unity, wisdom, action, and gratefulness. You saw it in here. It said, be thankful with thanksgiving, giving thanks. Last one, product of the love of Christ, gratefulness. We are abounding in thanksgiving to God. 1 Peter 4, verse 8 says this. Above all, keep loving one another earnestly since love covers a multitude of sins. Realize there's a lot of things going on in this message. One, I want to keep you uh, up to date on the, uh, I'll wrap up the whole fresh start thing. Some of you guys, that's all new content to you. You're like, oh, that's quick. Yeah, it's a wrap up for most of us. But if it's new for you, you can go back and watch those messages online and see the five-week version of what I just gave you. Two, I'm giving an opportunity to be baptized today. We have water. We don't always have water. People came, they set it up, they filled the tank. We have people that are gonna get baptized. I'm pretty excited about that. But if you're here and you're like, man, I wanna get baptized this is a great opportunity to you, okay? There's a lot of excuses why not to get baptized. There's one reason to get baptized. Jesus showed us the example and asked us to do it, to identify with him. 
I think that's all the reason I need. So if that's all the reason you need, again, we have people in the back. They'd be happy to talk to you about it and they'd be happy to, we'd be happy to baptize you today. You don't need to have any class. You don't need to have any like other thing going on. If you're saved, as in the spirit has washed you clean by the blood of Christ, then be baptized. Is that clear? I feel like that's clear. So, so much more I want to say. I'm going to be done. Let's pray. God, really grateful for you today. Grateful for your um, word. It's sharp and powerful. It's clear, grateful. And uh, I pray that we'll respond to it, God, that we won't just be hearers of the word, but we'll be doers as well. And if there's something that we need to do in response to what you've told us, whether it's repent, or whether it's receive forgiveness, or whether it's forgive others as we've been forgiven, or whether it's love like Christ loved us, um, I pray that we'll do it. And if we need to be baptized to just to identify with you, your Savior, uh, the fact to identify that you are the Savior of our life, um, I pray that we'll do it. And I'm grateful for these, grateful, grateful, grateful for these that have decided by faith to accept Jesus Christ and be baptized. We pray these things in the name of Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen.